Good afternoon, good afternoon. This is Larry C. Marsh coming to you live from Denton, Texas, from the studios of Fishbowl Radio Network. I'm glad that you're here today. And uh, while you're there, just hit share, 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 hit it. Uh, everybody hit it. Um, this is something that I believe needs to go all over the world when we talk about the power of prayer in Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. You are so awesome. I pray, God, that what you've given me will open the ears and the hearts of everybody listening, that they would know the word and study the word, and God, and live the word, and allow you to, to work through them and, and, and to make the appropriate changes that need to be changes in this world according to the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, man, this is a great week. You know, coming up on weekend, celebration of the birth of Christ and everything. Um, this is part two, you know, and, and, and I jotted in my notes as we go through this. This is also part of discipleship training. You know, we need to know the power and the strength and the divineness of the birth and the things that surrounded the birth of Jesus Christ. This is what we need to know, okay? It's alive, it's divine, it's supernatural, it's within us. And it's, it's, it's what happens, you know, in our life. Jesus is important. Oh, he is, he is the rock. He is the foundation of every believer, you know? But we need to know the fullness of Jesus Christ from his birth, his life, to his death, and his resurrection. We need to know. We need to know. It needs to be in us. Okay? Because, you know, you look around and, and, and I tell you, there are some hideous things that are going on in movies and media and everything. How they are just making a mockery of the church, a mockery of Jesus Christ. It's just a mockery. Why? Because there's no relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm talking about believers. Sinners will do what sinners do. But believers, we need to know the power of Jesus Christ in our life. It is so important. It is important. And as I stated last week, you know, one of the things we really need to grab hold of in our spirit is the power of the Holy Spirit. What did the power of the Holy Spirit do? In the birth of Jesus Christ and the surrounding the people that surrounded him, you know, it's amazing. You know, a lot of people don't know what it is. And again, I tell you, it won't be on TV. You will not see any of this that in, in the Gospels, the power of it on TV whatsoever. It, it won't happen until as believers. We begin to stand for righteousness. They stand in our foundation of Jesus to be able to share, you know, even in some of our, our gospel shows or the Christian shows, they, they talk about the manger. They break down the manger. They break down the, the, the wise men and the star. Okay. That all of that does not, that, that bring forth salvation. It's in Jesus Christ, period. His birth. His birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, okay? All of that is so important. Yes, the manger has its place. Yes, the wise man has its place. But we put our emphasis on the outside. And if we do that on the outside, what happens is we begin to compromise the standard of inside, the foundation of Jesus Christ. That's why everything now, when Christmas comes, you know, it's about money. It's about buying stuff. You know, for some people, it, 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 it's, it's about, you know, going into debt, things like that, that has nothing whatsoever to do with the celebration of your Savior. Okay, this is important. You know, we need to go back to Jesus. I've been saying that since we've been, since I've been on this show. It's almost three years now. It's three. Well, it's three years. You know, we need to go back to Jesus. 
We need to go back to our rock, our savior. You know, and in the Old Testament talks about him being our savior. But how could he be our how can he be our savior without understanding his birth and then his death? Okay. And in most cases, like we talked about John 3:16, you know, it talks about God gave. Okay, that all that God gave his only begotten son, that we shall be saved. The salvation came after his death. So he was born to die. Okay, but in between his, his birth and his death, we have his life, which we should be rejoicing, not just on December 25th, but we should be rejoicing every single day of our life. Your salvation is strong in you we should celebrate that every day every day every day we should be celebrating jesus christ every day now for 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 what we have done through the years we separated his birth uh in december then we turn around and then we'll separate we'll celebrate his death but 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 think about it this is what I want you to grab before we get into these scriptures. Think about it. November, we're doing all sorts of things. So December, we celebrate his birth. And then what, what happens the day after or a few days after Christmas? Think about it. What do you do? And then you wait until we begin to celebrate the blood of Jesus Christ. What do you do before? And what happens directly after? If there's no change, that means there's no relationship. There's no studying. There's no walking the word. There's no allowing the Holy Spirit to get into your heart. Because again, I'll say this. Most people don't know anything about the power of the Holy Spirit, but, but Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. That's all. I'm trying to get you to understand there's more to the power of the Holy Spirit. And also... There's there, your obedience matters. We have to begin to obey the word. We want all this stuff to change, but it will never change unless we begin to obey and apply the word of God to our very life and our sphere of influence. You know, all the songs, all the songs you hear every time, oh, God's going to do this. God is good. Yes, he is. But what are you doing in his goodness? He wants to work through you and I. Are we obedient and submissive enough to the power of the Holy Spirit that he can work through us? That's he wants to utilize his children, his people, the body of Christ to make a difference in the entire world. To make a difference. So let's look at this. We're going to look at, again, the obedience. Your obedience matters. It matters. Your obedience matters. And one of the greatest things about your obedience matters is that we need to continue to, to, to do this thing and we need to do it right. Okay. And understanding that I understand that there's, there's an enemy out there. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what Jesus said. So we need to know that's what's happening. But one of the greatest side is that he has given us eternal life more abundant. We have eternal life. We have power. We have authority. We have joy. We have faith. We have all of that. It's divine and given to us through the power of our salvation. Well, Jesus has died for you and I. So it's time to, you know, obey the word, obey the power, obey the voice of Jesus Christ. Obey your obedience matters, and we're going to look at the at, at, at obedience. You know, uh, uh, last week I talked about Mary and Joseph's obedience to the Holy Spirit and to the angel of the Lord. Okay, they obeyed. You know, we'll talk about Zacharias, Simeon, Joseph, Anna. All were surrounded around the birth of Jesus Christ. And their obedience mattered. Their obedience mattered. So we we talked about, you know, Mary, you know, how she was birthed or how she was in birth 
in birth by the Holy Spirit. Okay. The angel came and talked to her about it. Then the angel talked to Joseph about it. Joseph was obedient. He didn't put her away. He was obedient and did what the angel told him to do. Okay. He called his name Jesus. All right. And now we'll, we'll look at, you know, Zacharias. You know, that was, <clears throat> excuse me, Joseph's father. Okay. Zacharias and Elizabeth. We're going we're gonna to look at that. And again, like I said last week, there's this, the, we get, you got to grab hold of scripture. Okay. You, you want to be able to really grab hold of scripture. And when you grab hold of scripture, you'll realize that that's the power of your life as a believer, scripture. And we'll, we'll go through kind of fast. You know, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. I think the Facebook, uh, it's kind of slow, but yet I'm still here. All right, I want you to grab hold of this because we need to understand no matter when you're reading the word and studying the word, this is one thing. You know, I always say, get your pencil, the paper, and your word, okay? Because it will take away the distractions because what happens is the enemy tries to distract you from studying and knowing the word of God so that when the Holy Spirit brings it back to you, you have power and authority. Use the word of God in your life. All right. So you have to do that. So let's go to Luke chapter one and we'll read verses one through 80. I said it's going to, it's, it's scripture. Okay. Because I know, um, some of the places I've been in, in minister training and all, um, I would, you know, we were taught, you know, you read more than five scriptures, you lose people. This, this, this isn't right. Okay. Because at home, you need to be able to read scripture without falling asleep, without getting bored or whatever, because this is a lifeline. You should be able to read scripture in church, okay, because it's a lifeline. You look at the Old Testament, you know, they rejoiced when they heard the word. You know, they only had pieces of the Old Testament, but they rejoiced. Not only did they rejoice, but they stood, okay, and they stood for however long it took for them to read, because you also had people there, even in Ezra, they had men of understanding with, as they were speaking, they would share with them so that they could understand what was being said. So you have to understand the word of God is powerful. And you and I as believers, we have to study, you have to know the word. So many of us, I mean, you, 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 again, there's so much deception in media today. You know, so much deception, but it's easier to believe a name or a position than it is to go and read the word of God. It's easier because you, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is listen and then, okay, you're, you're believing in your mind. But if you go back to the word you're reading and you speak it out loud or you listen to the word, it ignites your spirit, your inner man. So that you can renew your mind from your inner man. It's important. I'm telling you, some of the stuff that you see on TV is atrocious, but yet we applaud it. We, 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 they get awards for it. It's sin, period. It is, it is, you know, and, and it has to stop. But the only way it can stop is through our obedience as believers. And we must obey and submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit. It is important. Luke chapter 1, 1 through 80. Okay? And this is vitally important. And this is amplified since, as it's well known, many have undertaken and compiled orderly account of things that fulfilled among us by God. Exactly as they were handed down to us by uh, who from the beginning, Christ's ministry, and were eyewitness of ministers in the word, that is, of teaching concerning salvation through faith in Christ. It seemed fitting for me as well, after having carefully searched out and investigated all the events accurately, 
from the beginning, from the very beginning, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. So this is Luke. Okay, now here we go, verse 4. So that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught, that is, the history and doctrine of faith. In the days of Herod the Great, king of Judah, there was a certain priest whose name was Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron. Think about that now. All right. She was a descendant of Aaron and the division of the division of Abijah. His wife, oh, okay, was a descendant of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. So you have Zechariah. And Elizabeth. Elizabeth was from the, the genealogy of, of Aaron, the first high priest of Israel. They both were righteous. I mean, they were approved in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Think about that. Where are we at today? Where are you at today? Are you righteous? Are you walking blameless in the commandments? And the requirements of the Lord. If they ask yourself that, put yourself in their shoes. Okay. Where are you? Where is your relationship between you and God, between you and Jesus, between you and the Holy Spirit? Ask yourself that question. Now, verse seven, but they were childless because Elizabeth was barren and they were both far advanced in it. It reminds you of who? Huh? Abraham and Sarah, didn't it? It reminds you of them, huh? Come on now. Come on. This is why we need to read and study the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Because you will see so much similarities. You will see so much Jesus in both the Old and the New Testament. Okay? Verse 8. Now it happened while Zacharias was serving. Now here we are. A lot of times, as you see God speaking and, and, and the Holy Spirit working, they're all, whoever they're talking to, whoever they're doing, they're working, they're doing something. See, this is not, we don't have a part-time Jesus. We have a full-time Jesus. Some of us are so lazy. We want other people to do. Then we say, well, God's not answering us. God's not doing this. What are you doing? What are you doing? What work are you performing? When you pray and you get up, what did God tell you to do? Okay, it's important. He was serving as priest before God in the appointed order of his priestly division. As was the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter into the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord and burn incense on the altar of incense. So he was performing his duty as a priest. What duties have, are you performing today as God has called you to perform? You know, the, we have to take this serious. This is serious. Okay. Now, verse 10, and all the congregation, what, what were they doing? As he was doing his duty in the temple, the whole congregation was praying outside in the court of the temple the hour of the incense offering. The whole congregation, the entire congregation was in prayer. In prayer. Okay? And the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw the angel, he was troubled and overcome with fear. And the angel said to him, do not fear. Do not be afraid, Zacharias. Because your petition in prayer was heard, and your 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 wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you will name him John. Now see, this is something. He told him you will name him John. Think about that. Just listen to this. Okay? The angel of the Lord came to him. And you will, you will, you will have great joy and delight. And many will rejoice over his birth, for he will be great and distinguished in the sight of the Lord and will 
never drink wine or liquor, and he will, uh, come on now, he will be filled and empowered to act, to act, to act. It was an activity, listen to me, to act by the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's room. Huh. That activity, oh boy, mm, 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 mm. come on, let's go some more, let's go. He will turn many sons of Israel back from sin. Let me get my next page here. Back from sin to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. See, see, we need to understand the power of the Old Testament and the New Testament. He will go as a forerunner before him. Before who? Jesus Christ. He is the forerunner. He's opened the way, paving the way for Jesus Christ to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, the disobedient to the attitude of righteous in order to make ready to make a ready a people prepared spiritually and morally for the Lord spiritually and morally he's there he's the forerunner to prepare them for the Lord Jesus Christ and Zacharias said to the angel how will be how will I be certain of this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in age. <clears throat> it's almost like Abraham and Sarah. Now, we get on Sarah because she laughed, because she knew she was old. But the scripture, few scriptures before that, Abraham also laughed, too. He laughed, too. So when you read this, you know, it's always, we always did something, but you need to get the whole truth, the entire truth, so that, you know, it, it is the truth that sets us free from all this other junk that is around. You've got to study the truth, the word of truth, because the spirit of truth will help you in all truth. The truth is Jesus Christ, and that truth sets us free. That truth sets us free. So as we looked at that, and also a lot of times when the Holy Spirit tells us something, the first thing we revert to the impossibility of our nature, the impossibility of our flesh. But he's talking about something that's far better, far surpasses that. That's things of eternality. Okay? He's talking about, the angel of the Lord is talking about something that is going to happen that is going to be so great. It's eternal. It's supernatural. It has power. It has authority. It has nothing to do with what you see. It's whom you know. And here, they're now getting the information, okay, from the angel of the Lord. Now it says, listen carefully. Well, the angel replied and said to him, I am who? Gabriel. I stand minister in the very presence of God. I have been sent by him to speak to you and bring you this good news. <laughs> good news. Then he says, listen carefully. You will be continually silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe what I told you. But my words are filled at their, that my, will, my words will be fulfilled at their proper time. The angel Lord is speaking to him. Now he didn't believe what happens. He will be silent. Now it says the people outside outside the court were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering about his long delay in the temple. 
But when he did not come out, when he did come out, he wasn't able to speak to them. They realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and kept making signs to them and remained mute. When his, when his time of priestly service was finished, he returned to his home. Now, after his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, became pregnant, the answer to their prayers, exactly what uh, 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 the Lord, the angel of the Lord had said. Okay. And again, now after his wife became pregnant and for five months, she secluded herself completely saying, this is how the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor on me to take away my disgrace among men. Now, see, she's hid away five months so she wouldn't have to hear a whole bunch of junk. But she secluded herself and rejoiced in what God was getting ready to do in her. <clears throat> now, here we go. Verse 26. Now, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God <coughs> to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. Excuse me. To a virgin betrothed to whose name, to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant from the house of David. Now remember, Elizabeth came from, was a descendant of Aaron. But now Mary, I mean, Joseph was a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And, and coming to her, the angel said, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And she was greatly perplexed at what he said. And he kept carefully considering the kind of greeting that was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have been found favor with God. Listen carefully. Here we go again. Okay, listen carefully. You will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and eminent and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him a throne of his father, David. This is eternal power. And he will reign over the house of Jacob or Israel forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end to his kingdom, no end. Talking about Jesus. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin and have no in, in, intimacy with a man? Then the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit. Check this out. Now, the angel already told that uh, uh, Joseph, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, and the angel of the Lord replied to her, the Holy Spirit. Now, the angel already told Zacharias that, that uh, the Holy Spirit will fill uh, John, John in his mother's womb. Now the Holy Spirit now will come upon, uh, upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a cloud. For that reason, the holy child shall be called the son of God. Is that something? Now, you, you won't get this on TV, okay? Why? Because it won't sell, okay? They can't, they can't add to it as they normally do other things. You can't add this. This is the truth. This is pure. This is divine. Mary was impregnated by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that made Jesus holy, the Son of Man and the Son of God. Okay, I want you to get that. And then he said, and listen, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For with God, nothing is impossible, shall be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. 
I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel left her. Can you say that? You should, if you're studying and, and God is working through you, you can say this thing here. I am the servant of the Lord. Whatever the word says, I will do it. Nothing shall be impossible for God. Now, at this time, Mary arose and hurried to the hill country in the city of Judah. For he entered in the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Check this out. Come on. Come on. You need to know this, the deepness of this. You know, I'm going to make sure I, I, I get through all of this. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, her baby, her baby, which is John, leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered by him. See, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, and from that on was empowered by the Holy Spirit. John was. John. John. And she exclaimed loudly, Blessed, worthy, and to be praised are you, young, are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? Here, there, the sight. They're rejoicing with one another. That's Mary and Elizabeth. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed, spiritually fortunate, favored by God, is she who believed and confidently trusted, who believed and confidently trusted that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her by the angel sent from the Lord. Now, see, you should be able to rejoice because God speaks to you. He speaks to you. So inside of you, you should be rejoicing. See, the power of the birth of Jesus Christ is an everyday rejoicing, an everyday worship. Every day we should worship the birth, the life, and the death of Jesus because you can't separate it. He's all together, together, his life and his death. Anything in between and everything in between that is to be celebrated and not separated. Now, here we go, verse 46, almost halfway there. And Mary said, my soul magnifies and exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. See, that's the salutation. She's just rejoicing, you know, how much God has done. Now, <clears throat> let's go to, jump around so I can have some time. So I can get some time. Here we go. Verse 52. No, I'm sorry. But let's go to verse 57. Now, the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth. <clears throat> And she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy towards her. And they were rejoicing with her. They rejoiced with her. It happened that one on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child as required by their law. And they indeed named, his, named him Zacharias after his father. But the mother answered, no, indeed. Instead, he will be called John. See, check this. See, this is why obedience is so important. This is why obedience is so important. She knew what the angel of the Lord said, and she had to obey that. She went against the custom, the culture. She went against it. Because of what the angel had told her. See, this is why our obedience is matter. Why we can't always succumb, succumb to uh, 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 customs, all of this stuff. We have You have to know what God is saying to you. And you have to stand on the word. And because she stood on the word, he said, and they said to her, none of your relatives is called by that name. Then they made signs to his father so that he wanted to call him. And he asked 
her writing tablet and wrote as follows. His name is John. And they were astonished. At once, Zechariah's mouth opened and his tongue free and began speaking and praising and blessing and thanking God. See, he obeyed God. She obeyed God. Okay? The name John was given to them by the angel, by the angel Gabriel. So they obeyed. They applied it. Their application was glorious. Okay? They submitted to the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, it says here, let's go down verse 67. Now, Zacharias, his father was filled. And here we go again. Zacharias now was filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered by him and prophesied. Now, I, I want to get to <clears throat> some more scriptures, but his prophecy, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He prophesied everything that John was supposed to do. Everything John was supposed to do as being the forerunner, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And we'll go to verse 80. The child continued to grow and become strong in spirit. And he lived in the desert until the day of his public appearance to Israel as John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Messiah. And see, could you imagine? Could you imagine from a child until the time of his ministry? He, he locust, honey, he was in the wild. Away from everybody, just him and the Holy Spirit. Just him and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit getting him ready because as soon as his ministry was ready, he began to tell people, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repentance, 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 repent for your sins. He was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And I want you to get that because it is so empower, powerful. And, and see, as believers, we need to understand that. Okay? And I'm going to take you to uh, uh, Luke chapter 2. And we'll, 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 we'll go to this one real quick. And then we'll go back to Jesus. I will just stay right here. Because we need to understand the power of the Holy Spirit, our obedience, your obedience matter. Because these people were around Jesus Christ. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was birthed and with the Holy Spirit. And everybody had the obedience factor, the application of what they were told. So what you have to understand, what about you and I? The Holy Spirit dwells in us. What about our obedience? Let's talk about this. What about our obedience? When we see things that should not be, where are we at? Where are you at? Are we sighted up? Well, I don't want to say anything, or I'll just let it go. You know, we're in the the reason why this world is in turmoil is the lack of obedience and relationship in Jesus Christ. The lack of obedience and relationship through the Holy Spirit. The lack of obedience and the power and relationship with the God, with our God. You know, we have to go back to Jesus. We have to go back to studying and reading the Bible. Okay? And now, now we're celebrating Jesus. I'm telling you, the, the frills are outside. All of this stuff is outside. We need to go back to Jesus. I'm not going to tell you this is wrong, this is wrong. That's between you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you the difference between good and evil. Okay? He is the spirit of truth. He will let you know. Okay? And because I tell you, if I tell you this is wrong, you got something to say. If I say this is right, you have something to say. But let me tell you something. The word of God is true and forever settled in heaven. It's up to you and I to follow the word of God. We need to know the word of God. You know, again, when somebody's teaching you the word, you need to have pencil and paper so that you can study it and then go back and study it on your own. There, you know, you're accountable for the word of God. 
we make so many excuses because we lost sight of accountability and responsibility <coughs> me, and responsibility of the word of God. We don't read it. We don't study it. We went from Bible to tablet to phone and all of this. And then as long as it's over, we use the phone or a tablet for certain other things. And some of the other things has nothing to do with Jesus and, has, and, and is sinful. You know, so but what we have to understand is you take your Bible. You get your Bible. <clears throat> get your Bible. Get a notepad. Get something and start writing down. You can write in your Bible, get your tablet, write it down, then go home <clears throat> and study. Study the word. Know the word. So when somebody's preaching and teaching and they're not doing what is right, then you back away. You have to back away. And, you know, I'm not saying leave, whatever. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. If you've got questions, ask the Holy Spirit to bring you what you need to understand in the spirit realm. We need to understand why we're celebrating the birth of Jesus without acknowledging his death. Excuse me. <clears throat> because you have to understand, salvation brings you through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's how we got our salvation. And then through that, then we learn about his birth. You can't just jump into his birth and think you know without salvation, knowing his death, burial, and resurrection. That can't happen. And it's a spiritual, supernatural thing that happens inside of you that the Holy Spirit has ignited in you. So you see, when you look at this, when you look at the scriptures I've read, the Holy Spirit ignited a fire in the hearts of those that are around the birth of Jesus Christ. They applied what they heard and they were obedient in their application. So that means Mary, Joseph, John, Zacharias, Elizabeth. Then you had Ananias. Excuse me. You had Anna and Simeon. Which I didn't read those, but go look at Luke chapter 20, Luke chapter 2. 25 through 40, you will see that the Holy Spirit and prayer played a key, a key uh, working in the introduction of Jesus Christ. It is so important. We need to go back to the word. We need to go back and study those scriptures that I gave you. You know, you need to go back, <clears throat> go way back. And as we go way back, you know, Luke, just, just read Luke chapter 1, the whole entire chapter. The entire chapter gives you the power of the birth of Jesus Christ and those members around how the angel of the Lord and the Holy Spirit worked. That angel was Gabriel and the power of the Holy Spirit. They're obedient. I tell you, obedience matters because you have to obey the word to work the word. And through your obedience and the work, there's the blessings. Because, see, you have to understand something. They obeyed, they applied, and they were blessed. They were blessed to see Jesus Christ. They were blessed. We are a blessing, but our greater blessing comes through our obedience and application of the word of God. It's called W-O-R-K, W-O-R-K, work. We have to work the word. I will say this, and you'll hear me say this as I continue to teach, you know, every believer, every believer is in full-time ministry. Every believer. We segregate it however we do. 
mean that I'm going to be full-time, but I'm being paid now. No, 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 no. First of all, the eternal workings of Jesus Christ allows all of us to be in full-time ministry. Why? Because we do not serve a part-time Jesus. He is fully Jesus. So we are fully in ministry. That means ministry means that we can now tell others about Jesus Christ. That's why discipleship is so important. Discipleship is so important in a believer's life. Okay, we need to learn more and more about Jesus so that we can work the works that Jesus calls us to, to, to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's full time. That is full time ministry, because once you learn what Jesus has for you, then you go out, work the works. What he tells you, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. So as you're following Jesus, Jesus is telling you what to do. That's why prayer is so important. Now I bring you back into the fullness of the circle of prayer. Prayer as a relationship builder between you and God, because the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God and reveals those things. And as he's revealing those things, you begin to operate in what he reveals to you. You begin to work. Listen, I will share this with you. The power of the Holy Spirit is for everybody to do what the power of the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Everybody. We just circleize the ministry in church work. But a uh, 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 mother that has three children and she's a single parent, she needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit also so she, she can provide and do what she needs to do for those children. A single parent, a man that's working on the assembly line, he needs to be filled to do the work that he's been called to do. See, we segregate all of this stuff and we allow sin to come in and operate and we have no power and authority because we don't know the word and the word is not working in us. To reverse that, we've got to begin to study the word, know the word, and allow the Holy Spirit to work the word in us to do the works that we're called to do, okay? It's not hard, it's just we haven't been taught a lot of things. That's why we have to go back. That's why discipleship is so important because we need to be able to do the work that God calls you and I to do. So just remember, as we celebrate, as you guys celebrate, as we celebrate Jesus, remember, don't just wait for Monday celebrating today and every day of your life. Celebrate his birth, his life, his death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension, and intercession. We need to do it every day. Blessings. See you next Thursday, three, 2 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, Fishbowl Radio Network, The Power of Prayer Show. Larry C. Mars signing out. Rejoice in Jesus. Read your word, study your word, and apply the word of God to your life. Blessings. Have an awesome weekend.